Hello and welcome to DLive 214 Voices of DFW. Hey, thanks for coming by and checking out the show. I do this once a week for your entertainment or your enlightenment. Uh, so today I wanted to talk a little bit about um, the coronavirus. I mean, we've been in, what, six, seven months now. And man, it doesn't seem like things are getting any better. So what kind of, you know, kind of tripped me out. I mean, I tripped out on the fact that I went to look at the Collin County, you know, report how many cases are in Collin County, 10,379 with 102 deaths. And then when we look at the United States, 5.5 million, 172,000 deaths. And the worldwide uh, number is 22 million people that have been confirmed with the coronavirus. Now, you know, when I went to the website, when I went to the Collin County website, I noticed that they had a disclaimer, and the disclaimer basically said that the numbers are skewed. They're not correct. Uh, due to a backlog from the state, uh, the numbers are off. It could be 10 times as much. Uh, I, I could understand if it said that, you know, it was off a few hundred or a number, but it said 10 times as much as being off are incorrect. How are we supposed to know uh, you know, it's very discouraging. Let's just be honest, it's discouraging. How do you take have any confidence in the administration, the state? How do you have confidence to know that, you know, people are being tested and are told that they're positive? And are they really positive? Or if they're told that they're negative and they're really positive? See, if it can be 10 times the average daily new case count, and it doesn't reflect the recent spike in new cases, you got to convince me that you're going to get it right the next time around. Are you going to fix this problem? How do we know it's corrected? Long story short, you know, it's just a lot of controversy, a lot of, uh, like, they don't know what they're doing, and I get it. I mean, I understand this is a new thing. But if we had not went back when we went back, maybe we wouldn't be here, which leads us back to the orange puff ball in the uh, White House. So, um... What are we going to do? What are we going to do? We're going to vote. We're going to vote. Uh, we've got to get Donald Trump out of the White House. Uh, anytime he comes out and says, hey, listen, I'm going to cheat during the election. I'm going to cheat. I'm telling you I'm going to cheat. Then he goes and gets a dollar donor to him, one that, I don't know, he su that supports him, that puts a lot of money in his campaign. He makes him the postmaster. You, you know, you, you can't make this stuff up, right? He makes him the postmaster. Doesn't know anything about posting. Doesn't know anything about the mail system, the postmaster system. But he makes him the postmaster. Next day, we see mailboxes disappear or being taken off. Not even disappear. They put them on the back of the trucks and take them away. Then, today, it was said, okay, the policy changes that I was going to put in place to not let people who work for the mail the post office to not allow them to work overtime to not pay these people okay we're going to basically he wanted to slow the mail down so not able to do it because congress thanks to Nancy Pelosi said hey we got to go back come out of reset recess and let's go back and address this issue it's got to be corrected so today we found out that that is not going to happen um it's going to be held off until, and what I'm talking about is the changes in the postal system that would have delayed the mail long enough for Donald Trump to say it was crooked. Uh, those changes will be held off until after the elections. Now, 
even with that, it doesn't make me give me any comfort whatsoever because I don't trust uh, Donald Trump. I don't trust him. So we'll just have to wait and see. But one thing we will do, we will go and vote. We got to go and vote. That's the bottom line. We must go and vote. I'm going to say that a hundred times. We got to go and vote. We have to vote. And you got to take somebody with you or you got to tell somebody. You got to let them know we got to vote. This is a critical time in the history of America. We have to go out and vote. And that is a part we have to pl- we have to play. So I'm listening to um, everybody complain about Carmela, And you know what? I like her. I like her history. I mean, she works. She deserved to be there. She put the work in. Let her do her thing. Um, is she black enough? I've heard that. Is she black enough? Uh, I think she is. I mean, you don't need but a speck of blood in America to be black. Come on, let's just be real. Okay? She black enough. So I was listening to C-SPAN uh, yesterday, or day before yesterday, and she was talking to uh, John Conyon. Because, you know, the Justice Act was passed. This Justice Act that was put in place or a uh, bill was put out there by uh, Tim Scott, uh, Tim Scott, Mitch McConnell, Sassy, a couple other Republicans in the Senate, uh, you know, they, they submitted the Justice Act. This is a new bill that is supposed to uh, help with the injustices, you know, of police brutality overall to make us live together better. It is an acronym that they came up with called Just and Unifying Solutions to Invigorate Communities Everywhere Justice Act. Supposed to provide long-term solutions, focus on police reform, accountability, and transparency, while also promoting efforts to find solutions to the systemic issues affecting people of color, such as education and health disparities. Sounds great. So when you look through the Justice Act, you'll find that there's one thing that's not there. Even though it does say that uh, there is a change for the chokehold, legislation for the chokehold to make it illegal, uh, no-knock policy. Yeah, but there's one that's missing, and it's called the Lynching Act. The the ability to lynch someone in America being legal based on the Constitution making it legal to lynch someone. Why is that not taken out? Take that out. Okay, so I'm listening to... um, Kamala talk about that part and then you get a question from John Kanyan. Okay. So here's the situation. They want to talk about the lynching part of the act which wasn't part of it. So Kamala is saying, ho, we got to meet. Let's talk about this. We got to get it straight before we move forward. You guys submitted this thing before we've got everything straight. So Kanye wants to tell her, well, you know, we're just going to put it forward. After we put it forward, we can come back and then we'll change it. Or will you have a chance to amend it? But I don't like the way he talked to her as if she's, she's a student in the game. You know what I mean? He talked to her like she's a student, you know. Well, did you know? Anyway, I'm going to let you hear it. I want you to hear it. And you tell me what you think about Kamala and her position as the Vice President. So I will, I'm happy to entertain a question from the Senator from Texas, and then I'll, I'll conclude my comments. Thank you. Madam President, I, I wonder if the Senator would tell me um, the bill that the Police Act that it sounds like our, our, the Democratic Conference intends to um, block tomorrow includes the anti-lynching legislation that you and Senator Booker have championed. Are you aware of that? The same one that Rand Paul um, obstructed a couple weeks ago? Yes, I am aware of that. 
So you're going to block, Madam President, so the senators are going to block their own anti-lynching bill by their vote tomorrow? Absolutely not. And I think that it is important that we not distract the American people from the task at hand. We cannot pull out a specific component of this bill and, and leave everything else in the garbage bin. And that is the logical and actual and practical conclusion of where you're going with the suggestion that we would sacrifice issues like no-knock warrants, issues like national standard for use of force, issues like the need for independent investigations of police misconduct, issues like pattern and practice investigations with subpoena power for the United States Department of Justice in sake of one. It's like asking a mother, save one of your children and leave the others. Madam President, would the Senator yield for another question? Absolutely. Mr. Madam President, is the Senator certainly is familiar with the rules of the Senate which allow senators to offer amendments to improve legislation once we get on it. But if uh, the Democratic conference is going to prevent the Senate from actually getting on the bill, there's no opportunity for anyone, any senator, you or any one of us, to offer amendments to improve it. And I would further ask the senator, aren't you aware of the fact that there are 60 vote thresholds on the back end so that if we get on the bill, and you don't like the way it turns out, you can block it on the back end. But are, is the senator aware of those options that she has? Well, Senator Cornyn, you and I both serve, uh, and we are honored to serve on the Senate Judiciary Committee, as does uh, Senator Booker, Senator Durbin. We all serve on the Judiciary Committee. The two Senate authors of this bill serve with you on the Senate Judiciary Committee. As you know, because we've been present together during our most recent hearings, we have asked that there would be a meaningful discussion of the Justice and Policing Act in that committee. None has occurred. So if we're going to talk about process, let us look at all the tools that are available to well-intentioned, well-meaning legislators if the goal is actually to solve and address the issue at hand. I've seen no evidence of that. I've seen no evidence of, in fact, what I've seen reading some of the newspapers, sometimes they get things wrong, but if they got it right, the Senate leader said that he has no interest in engaging in that kind of discussion or debate before putting the, the bill on uh, the floor for a vote tomorrow. Madam President, may I ask one last question of the Senator? Um, what I'm trying to fathom, Madam President, is why the senator would rather have these negotiations occur behind closed doors as opposed to here on the floor of the Senate for the American people to see broadcast on television. Don't you think that sort of interaction and debate and negotiation out in front of all 330 million Americans would be beneficial to healing our country and coming uh, to some consensus about what the appropriate reforms should be? Indeed, that is the beauty of the Judiciary Committee. Our meetings are public meetings. I will now conclude my Okay, so it's clear. I mean, I think she's a winner. She'll, she'll fit. I think she'll do what needs to be done. She's going to support us as the American people. And I think that Joe Biden is a good 
person to be president and have her as the vice president, she'll do fine. A lot of people have their, you know, ties, I guess, to nineteen eighty four because people do evolve and they change. So I'm cool with Carmela Harris. Here's the thing I'm not cool with. When people say, Well, I don't like Carmela, I'm not gonna vote, then you are really, really voting for Donald Trump. No vote is a vote in our case. We have to go and vote. If we go back and look in 1984 when Jesse Jackson ran for president the first time, 77% of all black people voted for Jesse Jackson. 92% voted for him again four years later in 1988, okay, for the nominee. As a candidate for the nominee, Barack Obama, 82% of the black vote went to Barack Obama. Hillary Clinton won by 70 with 77% of the black vote. When she won by uh pop she won the popular vote, she beat Donald Trump. But 77% of all black people voted for Hillary Clinton. My point in this, my point is this. We can't win if we don't vote. If you want to separate us, divide us up and let's, let's vote for a dumbass Kanye West. If you want to vote for Kanye West, you want to vote for Donald Trump. That's not going to win for us. That's not going to win. We got to have the black vote go for Joe Biden. No doubt. We have to do that. Now, you may not have to, uh, you may not agree with everything Joe Biden says or does. If you want to hold the pass against him, okay. But I would invite you to look back in the past to 2016 to 2020. And what has this president done for you? Now, remember he said you didn't have anything to lose? What have we lost? One thing we know we lost for sure, 172,000 people are dead because of his negligence and inability to handle a crisis. We had a lot to lose, and we did. So now you have an opportunity to win. Vote for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. I mean, we've, we've got to do something. Take care of yourself. Stay healthy. I'm out. If you like it, I love it. Justify their actions based on feelings in the moment. When it's easier to own it, then postpone it and prolong it. But the wrong getting not to right, it means your pride just want to fight it. You jump into conclusions, calm down, let's not get excited. I know our story's scripted, but what if we could rewrite it? We wouldn't feel so distant, defeated, or so divided. You wear your feelings on your sleeve, you wish that you could hide it. Distractions leading to conversations being misguided. We all look like human beings when the front line is united. But our history is painful. And it makes us all defiant. Let's petition for humanity. I hope you're gonna sign it and not let the color of my skin leave your heart. I used right. to be scared to die. Now I'm just scared to lie. When God called me home and he shut my eyes, I wanna be square with him when I touch down. I used to be scared to die.